Welcome back to The Road to Seven with Sheila Cummins. And I have an interview that you need to hear today. If your journey to entrepreneurship is anything but linear. My guest today, Haley Verity, talks to us about the journey that she's been on and the pivots that she's made over the last decade of being an entrepreneur. And what was so amazing about the story is every time she made a pivot, it was because she was answering a call from her community. Haley is a Toronto-based certified coach and personal stylist, driven by helping women to restore their confidence and sense of self, typically after some serious life change, such as a change in family circumstance, a health challenge, or shift or a return to the workplace after years away, she founded Haley Verity, your personal style coach. Her mission is to provide the women that she serves with wardrobe solutions, with a side of life coaching that supports them as they regain their confidence, level up their style, and feel good from the inside out. Though her superpower is style, her background in teaching and coaching, combined with her own personal experience, allows her to relate to clients on an important level. She's often able to help them unpack feelings about themselves and their wardrobes, and shed old thought patterns that are no longer serving them, right alongside all the genes that no longer fit. Before devoting herself full-time to her personal style coach business, Haley served as an educator as well as a mentor and top ambassador in a direct sales ladies accessory company, seeing success as one of the top 3% in sales, having personally sold almost half a million dollars in sparkle during her career with them. When she's not coaching and styling fabulous women, you're likely to find Haley curled up with a book on her dock at the cottage, baking up her almost famous blueberry cake, or playing cards with her three fantastic children. This entrepreneurial journey is one that I know you will learn from. Enjoy the interview. Welcome to The Road to Seven. I'm your host, Sheila Cummins. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an investor, a wife, and mom to three beautiful children. Women entrepreneurs are up-leveling and changing the rules for business strategy, leadership, success, money, and impacting the world every single day. The Road to Seven is the diary of business strategy for women entrepreneurs. We meet you where you're at in your business and champion you along the road to your vision. And I am honored you chose to join us today. Ready to go? Buckle up. It's time to hit the road. Our entrepreneurial journeys are anything but straightforward. And if you're anything like me, the path that got you to where you are today is circuitous. It's up and down. It's like climbing mountains and then conquering and then sliding down to the bottom of another mountain. And then you turn sideways and go up another trail. And that really embodies what so many women's entrepreneurial journeys are like. And today I'm interviewing Haley Verity, and she is someone who whose entrepreneurial journey is so fascinating in its evolution. And she has really mastered the art of listening and connecting with her community and then rising and meeting the need that they bring. Haley, thank you so much for joining us today. 
Oh, it's a pleasure. Now, I know that you started out, we have quite a few things in common, actually. We both started as classroom teachers. I refer to myself as a recovering classroom teacher. (laughs) I don't know if that fits with you. And we've also both used teaching as a great bridge to connect us between different endeavors. I left one partnership when I went out on my own and used teaching as a nine-month buffer to create some solid income while I made the transition. And I knew you've stepped back into the classroom a couple times. So I really love that we have that in common. Now tell us where you started. When I met you, and I have to say it is now probably well over a decade that we've known each other, which is startling on its own because there's no way at 29 that we could have, you know, been fast friends for over 10 years. But anyway, I know that you started running kindergarten enrichment programs. That was your sort of very first entrepreneurial endeavor. Can you talk to us a little bit about that shift from being classroom teacher to launching this essentially mini school run out of your basement. And then let's use that as the starting point to your journey. Absolutely. I love teaching. It was something that I wanted to do since I was a young girl. And then I had a family of my own and I found it really hard to teach small children and then come home and be a good mother. Uh, I had my first, I went back, I had my second, I went back. And then with my third, he had some trickiness throughout my pregnancy with him and ultimately came very prematurely and meant that I couldn't go back to school. I wasn't able to bring those kinds of germs into our household. A couple of years at home with him and I'm on the playground listening to the community of women around me who I have now been with for six, seven years. And there was a need in the community for a strong half-day kindergarten enrichment program that had close proximity to the school. There were lots of other great programs in the neighborhood, but these women couldn't get their children to the public school and then the younger children to the program and then back to pick up the older children. It just, the, the timing would, didn't work. And so I had that proximity to the school in terms of my home and I had the skills. And so I stewed on it for a little bit, although not too long. And I thought, what's the harm? I'll throw it out there to our community and see what happens. And with that first go round, I was full in about three days. Oh, wow. And when you say you put it out to the community, what did that look like? How did you make the offer? I literally sent an email to the moms in kindergarten who some of whom were now on their second and third kids. So I did know them quite well. Although there, I did, I did send to other ladies and I just said, this is my experience. This is what I'm thinking. Is anybody interested? And the response was overwhelming. And then those women told other women and kind of like that. I don't know, shampoo commercial and so on. And they told two friends and they told two friends and so on and so on. And it got to a point where they started joking. This, my kindergarten lasted for five years until kindergarten went full day. But I was, people would come and, and speak to me about my program and they would literally say, we thought you were an urban myth. We thought that this was just too good to be true. And, and it was amazing. So I went from six kids to twice a week, half day to, 12 families, hired a French teacher. I was running a full school. I could have run, uh, and, and with a waiting list, a strong waiting list. I could have run every day of the week, but uh, that didn't fit with my family. So that was right. that, that was what I was able to choose to do. I think what's really important for people to hear 
is that you did this without a formal website, without social media, without a newsletter list. You simply did this based on the relationships that you had made and you solving a problem for a gap that was in that community. A hundred percent. The people didn't, websites weren't accessible in that way. And I'm trying to think what years it would have been. I think I started in 2000 and maybe nine. Websites were not something that regular people like you and I did. I literally leveraged that. And the one thing that I felt very fancy doing a couple of years in is I put it in the school newsletter. I know $50. I think it cost me to run it in there, but I actually never had to do it after that first couple of times doing it because my reputation just continued to live on. That's like business 101. When you do good work, the word of mouth is going to happen. Let me ask you a question because I think I think this may be one of the things that I know stops listeners when it comes to running a program or meeting a need like that. And it's how did you figure out the pricing for your program? How did you price it? How did you know what to charge so that it was still accessible to the community, but it was darn well worth your while to run? My children went to a different program in a church in our neighborhood for a number of years. And so I took their model of what the fees were and then rejigged it according to the fact that it was in my basement, the fact that my hours were shorter. So I would do 915 to 1115 so they could drop off their older child and get their child to me on time and also then pick up and then get for grade one pickup in time. So it was a slightly shorter window, but I, I didn't want to undersell myself because mm-hmm. I worried that then they wouldn't value what I was offering. Right. So it was a, it was a fine balance, but I think I struck it. Yeah. I think I struck it. And then I did first and last month's rent, if you will. So it was a full year program. I didn't want to be doing re-enrollment every four weeks. That to me sounded like more work than I could manage. So I, it was a full year program. We ran September through June. I took first and met and then last month's rent with post-dated checks in between. So I had this the September fees and the June fees. And we just went with that and everybody was very open to it. But I was nervous asking for sure. You were. Oh, of course. But what I love is that you built this whole business based on what worked for you and knowing what you could handle and not handle. And I think what is really important for us to be hearing is when you put the procedures and the boundaries in place and just told them, this is the way that it's going to be, nobody questioned or pushed back. No. And ironically, what they didn't see, although they did see it twice because of garbage day, um, and I got stuck in a garbage truck, but I was leaving my house, dropping my youngest at another program. And then I was home by nine o'clock set up and ready to go for 9.15. And then as those little beans were being picked up, I was running out the door to pick my little guy up for 11.30. So as I said, twice I got caught out behind a garbage truck and I was a little bit later than I would have liked to have been. But I did work it around my family. It was a good flow. And when I started offering afternoons, it was a bit of a crapshoot because my little guy was upstairs sleeping. I had to take that chance though. I had to take that chance. And it worked. Yeah. And then I believe that while you were running the business, you did start up with a direct sales company. Tell us what prompted the signing to this direct sales company when you already had this other company? There was some rumblings with the Ontario government that kindergarten was going to go full day. And I knew 
if that was the case that I would lose my business. And so I fell into the direct sales realm quite by happenstance. And I was invited to a home party. We've all been invited. I did a lot of research before I went because I was really nervous. I've been to home parties before that were really um, negative and you end up getting bullied into buying things that you have no interest in purchasing. Yes. Yeah. And so I did my research before I went and I was determined I was going to buy one specific item and I, in support of my friend because of the way that the business model works, of course. So ultimately I got there, the product surprised me. And ultimately I was having had the business experience at my school. As I was looking at how the model worked, things started clicking into place. And I was thinking, really, this can't be like this. And so ultimately I agreed to host my own party three weeks later. And in that three week window, I did a bunch of research and told the girl who was coming to my house that I wanted to do it too. And that that would be my own first party. And that was 10 years ago. And so I started out quite slowly. Truly, it was because I liked the product and I believed in it. And and I really enjoyed sharing it with friends and family and was surprised at how quickly that snowballed into beyond my immediate circle. And ultimately, I was also surprised by the number of women who were intrigued by it. And because of the accessible model, joined my team. And so that was sort of my first taste of the coaching piece because I had this team of women that I ultimately coached to also go on to have successful uh, direct sales businesses. Because I know you're humble and you're not going to share, I just think it's important that when we talk about successful sales business, we're talking about a woman who built her team and built her business up to be the top 1% of revenue in North America in this direct sales company. And that is no small feat, Haley. So I know that you wouldn't share that with us, but I think it's important that our listeners do. But also, you know, again, what I think is so interesting here is it just built organically and you did it in a way that worked for you, that felt right, wasn't out of integrity, wasn't pushy. You just showed opportunities. Well, and I, and I sort of joked about the pushiness of it because a lot of people do feel that way about a direct sales model. And so ultimately, I will step into a conversation with no mercy purchases. I will not have that. If something that you see resonates with you, fantastic. If you want to know more, I'd love to chat with you. Have a glass of wine with your girlfriends. Have a bit of a laugh. Let's have a great evening together. I want you to leave here feeling better than you did when you showed up. Whether you purchase anything or you purchase everything, that's the ultimate goal here. I I would say that that approach has served me well, for sure, in the context of my business. Fantastic. And so two pivots, two successful businesses, but then you've pivoted again, Haley. Tell us about that. Further to your comment earlier about sort of listening to the world around me. My family circumstance changed, which required me to facilitate changes in the way I was choosing to live my life. And ultimately, because of this taste of coaching that I um, received through my direct sales business, I was thinking long and hard about how I could best serve the women around me. And what has become abundantly clear is that women in our age and stage have been through a thing or two, and they're not really sure where they fit anymore. They're feeling like the 
clothes that they're in and the bodies that they're in don't match who they are on the inside. And ultimately, they are not sure how to re-establish themselves. And so my new business is to help coach women through that transition and ultimately feel like themselves again. Yeah, that's amazing. Now that you've pivoted again, what have been some of the biggest challenges that you have faced? And then on the other side, what have been the what have been some of the biggest learnings and successes that you've experienced? I think business has changed since I started my school. There's a lot more of the end piece that just didn't exist when I started my first business. And then when I, when I started my direct sales business, all of that back end stuff is taken care of by the company. And so that has been really challenging for me, understanding the process of having my own website and having an email that's attached to that website and establishing, I don't know, all of the nurture sequences in behind the requests and even setting up a Calendly link to allow for bookings with my ladies has been, um, there's just a lot of sort of those small details that until you do them, it's really hard to know. That would be a good business for somebody actually is mm-hmm. holding someone's hand through that process because there's a lot of learning there. There is. In terms of blessings, oh my gosh. Ultimately, I think the biggest blessing is it's really helped me find my voice again. And there's such power in that because as women, I think we're sort of discouraged from Mm. being to us and putting myself back out there in a way, it it does feel a lot like that first email that I sent with my kindergarten class. Like, "Mm, do people even know that this is what I did in my, in the olden days before I had all these children? You know, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of that. And I've got, I've got things in place helping me through all of those, those little voices that do pop up. I mean, they pop up for all of us. But it's pushed me to embrace some of that and step into that next chapter for myself, which is exactly the conversation that I'm having for my women anyway. I was thrown into this chapter of my life and this has really helped me make the most of it. Yeah. And probably I think again, like there's just so many pieces of this story that I think are going to resonate with the listeners because life happens. You know, we don't live in this trajectory of straightness where it's just rainbows and unicorns all the time. And I, what I notice is women tend to build a business that fills a gap that they themselves need to fill or to figure out. And, you know, even when I was starting my business, like it was, I couldn't find just straight shooting business knowledge that I needed to be able to implement and make progress. And so that's why I've made it my mission to just make educate, like just business education. Let's just learn business 101. And now with the launching of the micro lending, it's my, my experience of not being able to access capital when I needed it for growth. And, you know, what you're saying is there's a need for women to find their voice and be able to transition into a new phase of life, no matter what has prompted the phase, but in a way to do it confidently. What do you think 
is the biggest challenge that you see your women facing as they are stepping into that new phase of their life? They're not really sure where to start. It's interesting because that transition in life can be anything from empty nester. Their kids have gone off to university. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? A return to work, whether it's by choice or not. If you've had a career before and your career doesn't look the same now, where do I even begin? Change in marital status. That's a big one. You know, there's a lot of things that happen that prompt this shift. I even had a woman reach out to me and and she said, you know what? I'm going to be 50 this year and I don't know how that happened. I need to start doing some things for myself. I mean, that that change is really nothing other than progressing through our lives. So it's, it's really interesting. And I think women come to these shifts for different reasons and at different points in their lives lives. And ultimately, in some way, they've lost sight of who they are, whether it's that they were you know, working so hard to be a really great mom, or whether they were so entrenched in a business that looked different than it looks currently. There's just so many so many variables. It's interesting to have these conversations because each woman's needs are different and each woman's approach to it is different. Yeah. Full transparency. You styled me for a live event that I ran two years ago. And I don't know how many people, I I know I talk about it, but I am painfully shy. And standing up on stage is one of the things in my life that pushes me to my extreme. And I just needed to be able to stand up there, not worried about what I was wearing and if I matched. And I needed to feel comfortable so that I could just step out of that worry and just into what I do best, which is speak and facilitate. And so you helped style me and you, you know, I had a couple pieces that I had independently found and you helped me put them together and put the accessories on. And, you know, Haley, that was life changing because just knowing that you were there, you, I knew that I looked the best that I was going to look and I just trusted you implicitly. I didn't question anything. And that allowed me to step into this place that I'd never gone before. I'd never stood up on stage for two full days to connect with a room full of over 50 women. And it was, it was amazing. And so I have you to thank as being a really key player for being able to step up and do that. And I know that that's a piece of what you're doing for these other women. And, you know, thank you really is what I want to say. Well, thank you. I, I love hearing stories like that. And I'm so happy that I was able to help you in that way. It was a fantastic event. I can't oh, believe you. it was, it was years fun. ago. It was a great oh, no. event. Um, the remarkable community of women that you yeah. attract to your business. And oh yeah, it was fantastic. And I'm so happy to hear that made a difference to you. Oh, it was pivotal because I was never worried. And I think that, you know, when listeners are going through a transition, people think, oh, I'm worried to go live on my own, or I'm worried that I have to find a new house, or I'm worried that I'm starting a new job. I wasn't worried that I could stand up on stage and give a really good show and and have a really impactful event. I was worried of what people were going to think about what I looked like. We need more women doing that and listening to their women and their communities and pivoting and meeting that need. And Haley, thank you for stepping up and doing this work for women. And I know you work with a wide breadth of women 
tell us how people can find you. I know they're going to want to be following and connecting with you. Sure. So my website is HaleyVerity.com and my Instagram is Haley underscore Verity. Those are the two places you can find me best. And I'm, and I'm so happy to hear you say that. It's, it's so interesting because I think that what's fascinating to me is I work really hard to meet women where they're at. And the way that you just said that made me realize that you felt like you, but pulled together in the way that you want people to perceive you to be. And I, I think that that's really a tricky piece of what I do because I think women worry that, you know, they're going to bully them into wearing leather pants and that's not their jam or something like that. And it really is about allowing women to show themselves in the best possible light. And I'm not going to dress you to look like me and I'm not going to dress me to look like you. Like that's just, that's not how it works at this time in our lives. We are who we are and we just want to step forward into the world so that people can see us in the way that we know that we are. Amazing. What a great place to end today. Thank you, Haley. I so appreciate your time today. Thanks, Sheila. Thank you for listening to The Road to Seven. If you found value in what you've heard today, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review. You might just get a shout-out on an upcoming episode, and you never know when I'm going to be mailing some surprise treats to our reviewers. Make sure to subscribe so you automatically get notified when new episodes are released. Are you looking for a way to connect with other entrepreneurs that are facing the same challenges as you? I'd love to connect with you in the Road to 7 Facebook group on Instagram and LinkedIn. Just head to SheilaCummins.com. You will find all the links that you need right there. Together, we'll explore more ways to support your shift into action so that you can grow your business to finally match your vision. I love aligning your vision of success with strategic and intentional actions because that is how we will grow your business to match your vision. I focus on women, all women, because women hold the keys and the power to creating a powerful and positive world through their impact. We'll see you on the next episode.